when you have an interest in someone, when you want to date them and then you want to marry them, you begin to ask all over. You begin to ask family members, friends, etc., co-workers maybe, about that person because you want to get a glimpse of who they are. You want to know them. But you will fully know them once you get married to them and then live in the same house. <laughs> That's when you fully know them. Today, we're going to be talking about God, Yahweh, the Holy One, the true and living God. And we are going to look at two descriptions of God, one given by Jonah and the other description given by Nahum. Both of these proclamations of God come from the context of dealing with the great city of Nineveh. The book of Jonah is written sometimes sometime between 750 and 725 BCE or before Krishna era. And Nahum is written before 612 BCE. So the writings are a little over a century apart. And in these books, we will see how both Jonah and Nahum proclamations or proclaim God to be. And also how God dealt with the city of Nineveh. This is so we can see aspects of God's nature and character to help us grow in our relationship and understanding of the Lord. We'll start with Jonah chapter four, verse two. He prayed to the Lord and said, please, Lord, was not this what I was said when I was in my own country? Therefore, in order to forestall this, I fled to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and one who relents concerning calamity. For a quick context, God sent Jonah to go preach at Nineveh in hopes that they will repent of their wickedness and turn to God. Now, Nineveh was a part of the Assyrian Empire who uh, were oppressive to Israel and their enemy. But God called Jonah to go out of his country to preach to them. And Jonah doesn't want to do this. He tries to run because he doesn't like the Ninevites at all. I mean, I can understand that they were oppressive. They were their enemy. He's like, no, I do not want. I don't want to do it. He hated them. Uh, he finds out that he can't. Uh, run away from God. He finds that he can't run away from what God wants him to do. And he finally obeys and goes to Nineveh after preaching in the city of Nineveh for them to repent and turn to God. The people of Nineveh do just that. Their king calls for a fast and they turn to the Lord and God relents from the calamity that he was going to bring upon them. And this makes Jonah angry. And he tells God, see, this is why I did not want to do this. This is why I did not want to come here because I knew you would forgive them. I knew you were compassionate. I knew you would relent. And Jonah did not want to see his enemies or oppressors spared from punishment. But God is gracious and compassionate. And that's what we see from this. God is abundant in loving kindness. He is merciful and gives grace. God even questions Jonah and says, should I not have compassion on all the people in Nineveh? So let's fast forward some years in time and let's get to Nahum chapter one, verses two through five. A jealous and avenging God is the Lord. The Lord is avenging and wrath, wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and he reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. And the Lord will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. In whirlwind and storm is his way and clouds are the dust beneath his feet. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry. He dries up all the rivers. Bashan and Carmel wither. The blossoms of Lebanon wither. Mountains quake before him and the hills dissolve. Indeed, the earth is upheaved by his presence. The world and all the inhabitants in it. 
The book of Nahum is basically a letter to Nineveh about how God is against them and the coming destruction at the hands of the Lord. Now, at this time, Nineveh clearly didn't keep to the repentance and went back to their same old ways. They were a brutal power that constantly ravaged Israel, cruel and oppressive. And through the book of Nahum, you will see a descriptive account of what God is going to do to that city. Now, contrary to Jonah and how he described God to be, Nahum begins this letter by setting a tone of who God is as well. He's a jealous and avenging God. He is wrathful and takes vengeance on his adversaries. The Lord is great in power and will not leave the guilty unpunished. This description is a stark difference than what we see in Jonah. So we must ask ourselves who is right. Which one of these descriptions is accurate concerning the Lord? The short and easy answer is they both are right. <laughs> They're both right about God. God is loving. He is compassionate, merciful, abundant in loving kindness. And at the same time, he takes vengeance on his adversaries. He is a jealous and avenging God. And it is important for us to understand this because when we see evil in the world, when we get tired of oppression and wrongdoing and wonder, will anything ever change? We need to know that God will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. Just as much as you or you or I are tired of crazy wickedness, God is even more so tired of it. And at the same time, we must remember that God is compassionate and merciful. Second Peter chapter three, verse nine says the Lord is not slow about his promise as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Just like the Lord did with Nineveh the first time. He showed them mercy because they turned to him. They repented from their wickedness, turned to God, and he relented from any calamity that was coming to them. But as time went on, they turned back to their wickedness, even though they knew the truth. And this time around, the great city of Nineveh was not spared. So the question then is, how does this apply to our lives? What can we gain from looking at history? The first thing is to seek to understand God fully. We must come to understand God and his fullness, which in and of itself is far beyond what we can fathom to accomplish. To understand him fully will be when we see him face to face. But here in the now, we must seek to know him beyond what we have been told. Some preachers focus only on God's love. Some focus only on God's judgment. Some focus on his fatherhood. Some focus on his friendship. Proverbs chapter eight, verse 17 says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. I say seek to know him fully. The level of your understanding of a person will determine your perception of them. So the more we come to seek and know God, then our perception of the Lord then expounds. Your perception of the Lord is limited because your understanding of him is limited. If you don't know God as a father, seek to know him as a father. If you don't know him as a friend, seek to know him as a friend. If you don't know him as the righteous judge, seek to know him as the righteous judge. Seek to know him in his fullness. And I would even say seek to know the motherly attributes that he has. Yes, I said that <laughs> because God created women. There's the roles of motherhood. So there are qualities within women that God himself put there. They came from him. Bam. Your mind is blown. You don't know what just hit you. <laughs> the second thing is do not take God's grace for granted. Do not take God's grace for granted. Both Jonah and Nahum mention that God is slow to anger. If we are using Nineveh as an example, after the Lord spared them the first time, over a hundred years had passed before God's judgment came upon them. God is indeed slow to anger. 
because he desires for us to come and repent and turn to him. He desires for none to perish. Paul brought this question up in the letter to the Romans, asking them, should we continue in sin so that grace may increase? And the answer is no. Just because judgment is not immediate does not mean God does not see nor care about wickedness. Just because judgment is not immediate does not mean you have free reign to sin. It's because of his compassion that we are not consumed, but we must not take it for granted. In summary, I say, seek to understand him and know him and do not take for granted the grace that he gives. And also, let's pray for individuals and our nation, whatever nation you are in, to repent and turn to the Lord. Now, I will close with this awesomeness writing by a priest in China. It comes from the seventh century and the emperor uh, Suzong asked the priest to write something that would be on display to glorify God. And the excerpt of that uh, writing says, the true Lord of the primordial void in absolute stillness and constant naturalness, crafted and nourished all things. He raised the earth and established the sky. He took on human form and his compassion was limitless. The sun rises, darkness is banished, and we are witnesses to the true wonder. God is a true wonder. He is good and getting to know him fully is a wonder in itself. So I thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in and may God bless you. You are listening to Refined and Refresh and this is Ralph. And as always, fight to spend time in God's word, fight to spend time with him and continue to fight the good fight of faith. Peace. Peace.